This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be And now your host, TJ. All right, so here we go again. It's the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Here's our annual, our weekly episode being recorded Wednesday night, almost Thursday morning in Chicago. Tonight I'm joined by one of my <laughs> closest friends for years. He actually stood up in my wedding. I'm really still to this day not sure why he did that. It's Michael Bozeal. He is a referee out in Arizona, and we're going to turn tonight into referee talk. So if you're a referee or you know a referee, you will sympathize, laugh, cry, cringe, despise everything we talk about tonight. But tonight is going to be referee talk, and I've got Michael with me. And I, we've been, we started this, started doing the video on Skype a couple hours ago. So we've had a few cocktails. This could be definitely an entertaining night, Mike. Um, what do you? I, I know you're drinking rum and coke because I can see it. Yes. What What kind of rum are you drinking tonight? Cardi Black. Cardi Black. Okay. I've been mixing back and forth with, um, what is it? I've been doing Wizard Staff IPA from Two Brothers and Bud Lights. So I, I do them in two packs. And... Milwaukee Trader. Yeah, what's your point? <laughs> your brother's best friend growing up worked at Miller. His dad. So? Yeah, well. <laughs> I love Dale. <laughs> And for those who, this is obviously, this is going to be a lot of inside jokes, so I'm going to spend time explaining them. Dale Hendrickson lived three houses down. He was an electrician for Miller. He worked third shift. Um, I got to try when I got to drinking age and probably before then. A whole lot of brands of Miller that never made the shelf. Um, Of the five or six houses on the top of the hill we lived on, four of them worked for Miller. So Miller Brewing is in my family in that sense. Um, so he's mocking me for drinking Bud Light, and it's been in my fridge for a while, so I'm really trying to clear some of it out. That said, I do have a case of Budweiser in my fridge that I will always continue to have a case of Budweiser in my fridge because last year they became one of the big NWSL sponsors and basically said, hey, come join us and be a sponsor of NWSL. I And anybody who listens to the show knows I'm a big advocate I'm becoming a big advocate of women's soccer, especially women's professional soccer, because the more I watch, the more I appreciate it. And you know what? If Budweiser is going to come out and say, we're going to sponsor it and we want other people to join us, I'm going to I'm going to support them. and I'm going to drink their product. And by, by the way, Budweiser is a good drinking beer if you want to drink beer. So there's that to be said. Um, Two Brothers, by the way, is a Warrenville Brewing. I've ridden my bicycle from my in-laws' house there, had a few cocktails, and I'm really still not sure how we got back. It really wasn't the most Walking. straight ride. Yeah, well, it, was, it, it was... But we made it. And, uh, Warrenville like we beat... got back to the hotel at Paul's wedding in Pasadena. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Wandering streets until we find where we're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, but we we did make it. We did make it back that night. That's yeah. Paul's wedding. Wow. And Paul is one of my buddies from college. Mike, like I said, Michael is a college. I've known Michael just for perspective. I've known him for twenty five, almost twenty five years now. And 
we went to college together. We have been referees on the trail together forever. When we talk, it's never a 20-minute conversation. It's several hours. We talk refereeing. We talk politics. We talk life. We talk family. How our wives have put talk up with us accurate. when we're together. When, we, when, our, when we're together, how our wives have put up with it, I, to this day, I don't know. But I brought you here because I want to talk referee. So Can now that we... statement about what, what tonight's podcast would finish about? Um, she figured about two in the morning before we started recording Chicago time, but we we're, we're two hours ahead of schedule in that sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I apologize for any inside jokes. I apologize for anybody thinking everybody's going, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> Just trust it's an inside joke. Hit me at, hit me up on Twitter at TJ Zaremba or at Michael Bozeal. I think yep. so. I, 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 I I don't. You know what? I push. I push. Yeah. I. You, I push. Am I? And it shows up. Or at minivan dad. Minivan dad pod. And we're more than happy if it's an inside joke. You don't understand. We'll explain it. So. So we're here to talk refereeing tonight. I. I've been excited about this. I did not promote this because I'm still trying to adjust this whole work at home thing. Um. That said, this is the first actual video Skype I've done for the minivan dad soccer pod because. We've been friends forever, so I, you know, we got to talk, we got to talk to kids, and so on and so forth. You've been a ref. You started refereeing, you said, in 1987. So it was about the same time you started going gray, correct? Yes, I actually did start going gray. <laughs> like I said, I've known Mike for 25 years, and so I met him in 1995. He's been gray the entire, growing gray and gray the entire time I've known him. So yeah, if you ever spot in 1987, so yes, you are correct. <laughs> so I refereeing hockey that year, so that could, you know, <laughs> that could be part of it. So if this devolves into a hockey pod, then we at least know why we've gotten to that point because Mike, Mike's, uh, Mike was a hockey goalie growing up and a soccer referee and a soccer player and. Um, if you ever want to talk about the first goon goaltender, the first one that would seek out a fight, it might have been well, him. It was Ron Hextall. I didn't seek out fights. I just did the stuff that kept people out of my crease. Right. There you go. So, like I said, and, and the first time I got my so- – and I've been a soccer referee off and on. And I always say off and on because I did take breaks here and there. The first time I got my license was February 29th, 1988. That's why I remember it because it was actually leap day. My actual card said that. I think it was twenty six, eighty seven for me. So. So anyway, <laughs> we've been we both of us have been a referee for a long time. Referee for a lot of years. Mike's accelerated his career. He's actually done a little bit with career. I'm still a grassroots. I'm gonna say I'm a grassroots referee because that's who soccer calls it now. I'm and I'm actually and I'm actually. But I'm actually proud to say I'm a grassroots referee because I was a grade eight. I never accelerated. I never got past it because I could never get assessed, never really sought out being assessed. I'm comfortable being a youth soccer referee. I don't have any ambition to go. At this point, I have no ambition to go beyond it. I'm old. I'm fat. I'm slow. And I enjoy working with young assistant referees to teach at this point as much as anything else. Mike, on the other hand, is actually a really good referee. He's done up uh, upwards of junior college, regional, league levels. Um, I don't think he ever got the semi-pro, top-level amateur? Uh, top-level, um, I've got DA development player 
Kennedy okay. and semi-pro indoor. So you're you're a seven, probably should have been a six, except anybody right. who's been around referees long enough knows getting assessed and getting the, the upgrades at that point becomes a little bit of a political game. And anybody who's known Michael long, long enough knows in a political game where he needs to be nice to people, he's never going to win. So degree in political science, though. So. <laughs> well, not only that, but also just life happens. And 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 it does. It true. I mean, there, there's my, that. my first six assessments for my grade seven mm-hmm. did not qualify because the games weren't good enough. Okay. So that that just kicks that alone puts a kink in the transition. So. So what you're saying is those on, who listen to this pod who aren't fans of U.S. soccer. You can add that to another reason to why you don't like U.S. soccer is because to get assessed, the game has to be of a certain quality. If the game's a blowout, it doesn't count towards assessment. Now, I got I I to ask you. It. No, I agree with it. And I disagree 100%, and I'm going to tell you why. And you're wrong. You're going to be wrong because you're always wrong, but we'll, we'll let you give your opinion. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, okay, but I'm, I'm going to say – I think refereeing in a blowout might be harder than refereeing, <laughs> and I'm gonna and for the simple reason of you have to maintain an interest and a quality as if the game was a one to nothing blood to the death game. You if you're doing a good job as a referee and you want to be assessed and show, hey, I can handle anything. Handling a blowout might be harder than handling a good game. I don't disagree. because you have to maintain. You have to maintain your sharpness. You have to maintain the quality all the way through it. In in a top level game, you get adrenaline. You get dialed in like any but like the players do. In a blowout, you have to dig and you have to find it and you have to be able to interpret when you don't want to. And I am not disagreeing with that. Now my games weren't all blowouts. Some of them were two one games. Some of them were three one games. Just the quality of play was so low that they did not qualify as quality play. Now, I know some of the people who assessed you, and if they're saying the quality of game wasn't high enough, they've got issues in and of themselves. Now, you have to remember, this was 1992, 1993. There's that. This is 28, 27 years ago. Okay. Okay, true, 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 true. All right. So there's a huge change in what's happened in the world in the last 27 plus years. So. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for the younger people, Alex, who Alex, do your homework. <laughs> yes. Do your homework, Alex. Just like I tell my son. Alex. Uh, that's true. You do have an Alex. Now, Alex, Alex is the one who actually makes our pod actually sound good nowadays, but he's, so when you listen to this, Alex, um, we're going to talk about some things of rules before probably you were even born at this point. Um, and, and I want to go back. And one of the reasons I want, why I wanted to bring you on is I wanted to talk about how refereeing has evolved in the <coughs> plus years you've been doing this, that we, you and I have both been around this. When you and I started refereeing, you could still kick, you could still pass it back to the goalie. And I, I remember when they put in the no pass back rule and 94 World Cup. Correct. And then getting into even after that, the interpretations of it. And they added an advantage for the 98 World Cup. 
And then there was you could you could st- you could no longer throw it into the goalie. Well, that was all part of the '94 change. So. Was that '90? That I thought that yeah. came after. No, no, the pass back was the throw in and the pass back all came at the same time. I could have I could have. Okay, I, I could have sworn no, the. They may have, it was '94. May have they may have not had the throw in until they did. It but was before the '98 World Cup. It was before that change. Correct. It was it was somewhere in the interim. And it was because teams figured out, hey, I can throw it to throw him. Throw it so into your keeper. Start- yeah, I think it was 95 or 90, probably 96. It was probably the Olympics in 96. And then, and then the other one was throw it to their feet, let them knock it up to their head, and then head it back to the goalie. And No, that was never allowed because that was considered um, I- trickery. It or, was trickery, uh, but I remember it being discussed in one of the clinics. Oh, I'm now- sure it was discussed. Now, if you want to really go back to the explanation of when I started refereeing. Okay. So, my first year as a referee, mm-hmm. I had sell, we had no ARs. Mm-hmm. I had black socks with a solid white three and a half inch band on top. True. I had those as solid well. Solid black wool jersey with a white solid white collar and white piping and white stripes on the sleeves correct and the first game i was assigned the first two games i was assigned Mm -hmm. were u12 boys games okay now i quit playing soccer that year to go play baseball if i had still been playing i would have been playing in the same league against those teams and I was the AR. I was the center by myself. Right, and 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 I can rem- I can think of back to those days as well. And both of us grew up in Wisconsin. He grew up in the uh, around Lake Winnebago. He grew up in Nina, Oshkosh, Appleton, Green Bay. He grew up in that area. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the Milwaukee metro area. And I can tell you, go back to that area era of refereeing. Mm-hmm. I I. You weren't supposed to referee your own age group, but if they couldn't find anybody, they would assign you. Uh, no, no. My, as long as I wasn't playing in my area, we had so few referees. If I wasn't playing in the age group, I was a good referee for that age group. So no, now let me ask you this question, because this is this kind of brings us forward, okay. but I want to come forward for a second. Can, let, me, let me give you one other example. My second year refereeing, All right. 13-year-old, I was assigned AR1 on a 19 boys game. Multiple I, of them. And and that I and that I can remember being 13 14 doing U19s as an AR as well. That and, now that is an insanity today that would I mean both of those are insanities that would never exist today. Well, first of all, the U12s barely are what still playing are almost playing nine aside. Sure. And you will never see somebody that's not at least 16 as an AR on a 19 a 19 game. I don't even see non-adults on those games nowadays. Rare, you're you're correct. Rare, rarely do you see it. Mm-hmm. But I want to say the only upside to having younger referees on those games, if they understood the game, was they can keep they the chances of them keeping up with are better than some of the older referees now. I, I'm not disagreeing but with that. Hope, Do you think a but, 13-year-old keeping up with a 19-year-old 
And compared compared to some of the adults who were on the sidelines of those games, you're absolutely true. But nowadays we have a much different expectation of the correct nowadays. But I want to I want I let me let me move you forward real quick because I want to ask you 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 mentioned shortage of referees back then where we were refing at our age or above where we probably shouldn't have been and today we wouldn't have been. Has Correct. anything really changed in terms of the shortage of referees, or is it just is it just administered different now? It's administered different. Okay. Here in Arizona, we are about we are. I think the estimate they told us was 400 referees short. Okay. In just the Phoenix metro area. And so basically, you're six to eight hundred short in Chicago. Probably, I I, I have not. No, I'm saying if that would be the equivalent. Sure, sure, and, you know, and it, that makes sense. Maybe even a thousand short in Chicago. I mean, you're depending on how far you take the suburbs or you know and sure. things like that. But a lot of that loss is at the younger levels, the 13, 14, early teens, high school kids. Um, I personally think you and I are a weird type of unicorn almost that we started refereeing in the eighties and haven't okay. stopped. Whereas yeah, most, take, of the, I, most, you, of the, most of the people we know that started with us aren't refereeing sure. anymore. And the people that For, are our age that are refereeing now started when they got kids in the, the game. And, and those who would have started with us, if they're still refereeing most of them are maybe the ones you'd see up at the Geiger level, which I'll come back to later, well, you know, Geiger but started 15 years after I did. That's, yeah, that's true. There's truth to that or, or something like that somewhere. In yeah, that yeah. Yeah. But my point being is there's this weird gap in mm-hmm. our generation that I almost jokingly call a lost generation that, that our, when we were kids, we got, most of us got beat down so bad that we stopped. And then the other ones that picked it back up, was when their kids started and and you're and you're spot on and you and i before we started recording tonight we talked about both my brothers both my brothers at one point mm-hmm. were referees and it's it's that level the level of crap that you and i had to go through during that time that's why it became a lost generation now mm-hmm. for those those who and again I'm, I'm gonna pick on you alex and you're not on with us i wish i in hindsight i probably wish i would have brought you on to talk about a too today, late but <laughs> yeah it's past alex's bedtime it is thursday morning so well there is no school though so then there's that too but um just in when you and i started were the players on one side and the parents on the other or yes. was it one team or was it one team on one side and one team on the other side like i had teams on each side same here with and the and, parents were mixed in no, no, Correct. no. Parent, parents with the teams. So, like, team yeah. A was on the left side. Correct. With that, the I, I mean, one with like, their parents, and team B was on AR two with their parents. So, yeah. so those, so those who look at a soccer game now and see players on one side, mm-hmm. parents on the other, that wasn't the case. And I, I gotta ask you, and I know the answer to this, but I want to hear you explain it as well. Is how much did parents, especially in the youth games, when they would lose their cool, 
would it influence how the the play was on the field? Oh, it hasn't changed how that affects it. In but, fact, it's probably more detrimental nowadays when you have really parents. Yes, because they are more of an anomaly, and it usually starts from the coach. See, and I think it back to the, starts I, from the team mentality. Now, back in the day, almost everybody had that bitch and complain, yell okay. at everything attitude. Sure, sure. So it was basically the status quo. Nowadays, you have coaches that are like, no, I'm the coach. You cheer as a parent. You support your children. Mm-hmm. You support their team. But you behave. You have coaches like that. Like, I, I wouldn't say they're my friends, but they're my refereeing friends that are coaches that I know out there that are about the kids. And sure. they put the emphasis on the kids solely. It's about how they play, how they develop, and what they become, and what okay. they get out of the game. That's nowadays. Back in the day, it was all about how the team does, how the coaches are doing, how the parents feel. Mm-hmm. You know, big difference between the 80s, early 90s, and nowadays. I mean, we've learned what the difference is between player development and just playing. Now, right. yeah, you know, when you get a team that you see the parents misbehave, like you'll occasionally get a team that's sure. well behaved and you get one parent or two parents and you basically just kind of look over to them and be like, enough. And you can control it that way. Mm-hmm. Then you get another team that the coach is complaining from the get-go, the coach is yelling at the players and pretty much putting the players down. Mm-hmm. And then the parents do the same thing. They put the players down. And when they feel they can do the play, put their own kids down, they have no qualms about putting the referees down. Or the other teams down. Or the coaches down. So when I do National League games, you see enough games, National League, or junior college, or high school games, or adult games, or regional league games, or even uh, EA development player academy games, or regional mm-hmm. games, those coaches have controlled their sidelines. Yes, they complain about calls because they don't. Of course, want their team. They want the team to win, you know. But there is a big difference between how they themselves and how the coach that just is. I need to win because. It affects me. And then it, that ripples throughout the team, and then you will see the players act upon it and especially the parents act upon it. And it's it, and it's funny you mentioned it's the coach saying it's about them. It's and if I, I wish this is where I wish Pat was here because Pat would sit there and we'd talk about our D license our D license class that we just went through. Yeah. And I I kid you I kid you not, Mike. They it was um, one of our one of our instructors. I can't remember if it was Craig or Shannon talking about. It. It was, I th- believe it was Craig. Craig um, is the ODP 
director, uh, coaching directors, or like he's the head of a, one of the heads of ODP in Wisconsin. Okay. And and he <laughs> and hearing right. him talk <laughs> about it, but hearing him talk about it, one of the things he had said was, being a coach, he goes, if you're coaching and it's about you, and it's not about the players, and and he was talking about in like terms of setting up his drills and everything. He mm-hmm. goes. If if you have so many rules and it becomes about you and it's not about the players, everything should be about the players. But you're talking about coaches on the sideline and that it's still it's about them. It's yeah. look at me. It's look at me. And yeah. it gets and away from the, the kids. game effect and the, how the game affects their life. Almost. It's like every game is such a significant event in their life. Mm hmm that they can't see the big picture of it. No, no let me, let me ask you a question. Free, that's what it feels like when I'm out there. Sure. When I do my ECNL games or my junior college games or my high school games or my adult games sure. or my regional league games, the coaches, yes, they're stressed because they want the win. Mm-hmm. They want their players to develop. Of course. They're, when they're talking... They je- they either have a legitimate objection about the decision we made, and I can completely understand that, or they're trying to develop their players, or mm-hmm. their team, or at least develop their team. Okay. So they de- if they're just focusing on their team, that's great. Or if they're developing on the players, that's great. One of those two, or a combination of those two, is lets them focus on the kids, or whoever you know, young adults mm-hmm. or whatever. I want to call them, but the coach that is focusing on wins and losses and how that affects them and where that puts them in the next step of their life or their career or whatever they're thinking, that is where you see the coaches step over the bounds of what coaching is and into do they, is it, is it a case of, they step over the bounds or they don't understand what is right and what isn't both. Okay. Fair enough. They step, they don't understand what's right or wrong and that allows them to step over the bounds. Okay. You know, I, okay. Like I I told you before, I chose a club for my son Mm -hmm. because of the attitudes of their coaches. Sure. When I, when I went to them, when he was parking rack guy, he played for three years in Parker X. So did my daughter. They played together. Mm-hmm. We had coaches that knew nothing about the game. It was perfectly fine. They were having fun. The last one, last session that they had, I coached because I knew Alex was going to go to club and Olivia was going to try club. Uh-huh. And I tried, I went and I thought about the clubs that I dealt with. <clears throat> I was doing state cup and one of the coaches for the club I chose the worst thing I ever heard him say to a player was, hey, Steve, or whatever the name was, that was something you did at your old club. We don't do that here. Remember how we play. And then I had another club that they actually went to try out at, you know, mm-hmm. see if we were a fit. And the coach spent 70 minutes of the 80-minute match in a state cup game degrading his players for their play. Ugh. And every ten, five to ten minutes, I was like, coach, 
I was the AR one on that match. I was like, Coach, that's not how we're supposed to behave in these games. Yeah. And is so that coach had so much invested in that single game and how his team did and the results they got that the real results, which was player development and team development, was lost. So let, let me I in you you raise a good point now when I ask about that is losing the coach is losing the plot um, in that they're so focused on themselves you, you said they lose player development if you, you ever had it where and I know you have where referees or the coaches it becomes so much about them that they have lost sight of the game altogether. I don't know if they've lost sight of the game altogether or as the purpose. You okay. Because they, they were always talking about the game. Yeah. Because the game, the end result of the game is always their, was, would become their goal instead okay. of the goal of the player. Mm-hmm. I mean, I coached a couple different times. And I'll admit when I was 18 and I coached, Mm-hmm. And my whole goal, I, I tried my best as an 18-year-old <laughs> to coach about the players. Sure. But I had just come out of my senior year seasons, and I was all about win. You know? And then when I got to my 23-year-old year, mm-hmm. and I was coaching... I was all about the players, but not about their development. I was just about the players, which Mm -hmm. is not the right balance either. You can't just support the players, especially when you're talking about high school age kids. Sometimes they need that, what you call a kick in the butt. You know, you can't just, oh, yes, everything's wonderful. No, you got to say no sometimes, just like when you're a parent. (laughs) (laughs) but I was 23 hadn't had kids yet and hadn't learned that lesson yet. So, so, so (laughs) now, now you, thank you for that. Cause now you've led me into my next question. You're a parent of two now. Yes. I know you're smart enough to remember back your, when you and I were refereeing. Yes. And if your Jersey was untucked and it was still the rules that had to be tucked in and we'd start messing with you. How is it different as a parent? How do you see those things as a parent now in terms of enforcement as a referee? That like the younger the younger version of Mike you would have looked at and gone, dude, what the hell? Um the, I mean, uh, we do okay. you, you and I have refer, you and I have refereed enough together mm-hmm. where there were things we used to pick on kids players for because we could. Because we were supposed to. We, you were technically correct, but how would that, you? That's how I handled that. To me, that's what it was. It was I was supposed to do that. And However, how how does Michael, the parent and referee, how would that be different now? Well, one, I learned I've the same thing I learned as a ref. It's mostly referee. It's not the parent that's learned. It's the referee that's learned. 
okay, so you walk onto the pitch. I mentioned, tuck your jersey in. And then I walk away. Even though, although now, nowadays it's not a rule. Nowadays it's not a rule, but it yeah, was then. But my point being is that in the back of the day, even when they were transitioning, when I got to be married mm-hmm. and moved across the country and all these different things that changed in my life, I was like, okay, is that a rule? Yes. Does that have any effect on the game? No. 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 So I would say, as people would walk on the pitch, I'd be like, tuck your jersey in. And I'd turn my back as I grew old. <laughs> and, th- and that was the end of it. Yeah. Whereas when I was okay. in college with you, the whistle would blow, <laughs> we'd play. And the first kid that aggravated me and untucked his jersey would come out the yellow card. Because no, you know. it was. Uh, and, 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 and let me preface that. Let me let me preface that in the sense of it wasn't that the jersey came untucked; it's that they pulled the the jersey out directly in front of you to make a point of "I don't like you." Not and that's when that, the card. They went. also just committed a borderline reckless foul and were just, and just yapping, and they were yapping or just talking to the other team or whatever they were doing that was, you know, what 16-year-olds did. Sure. (laughs) And so that would become the first caution of the match, and it was not beneficial to the match. Nowadays, like, the jerseys are like that type of thing. Yes, I am strict about earrings, and necklaces and bracelets. Well, because, those are safe. Because and, I've seen an earring. I've seen an earring ripped out of an ear or poked into a eye. Yep. And I've seen a necklace bring bring choke somebody. And I've seen a finger broken in a, ne- a bracelet. But if your jersey's untucked, the only thing that doesn't look good is the picture. Well, and <laughs> and but the the things you're talking about with jewelry. Our safety yeah. issues and but, but that and was all, feel, that all came out at the same time. Sure, but I that, feel that's like what I'm saying I, is that you have to remember things came out at the same time and the emphasis just came out at the same time. Correct. And for us that have been around that long, I mean that was 26 sure. years ago, 1994 World USA World Cup. That was when I started talking about that. I was 19. You were 18. I was doing majors game, which is U23s. I was the center referee on U23 games as an 18 and 19-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I was doing adult games as an 18 and 19-year-old. I started doing high school while I was still in high school. Sure. Because of the opposite seasons in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So if we didn't, that was part of the thing we had to do as a young referee was we know the rules mm-hmm. now and, and as i've it, aged i've understood that knowing the rules and understanding the meaning of the rules are some in some areas are two different things especially with uniforms and things like that 
so so kind of to sum that up is the parent Michael versus the referee Michael is as you become a parent you you pick your battles a little bit more carefully than what you did when we were young. And and oh yeah, I, I and, and it I'm was not just dis- parenting. It was well, parenting. It was more of a marriage. If you want Perhaps. to go that way. Perhaps. But you know what though? But when you're a young referee in a game that's above where you probably should be. Yes. I'm going to defend you in the sense of you need to make sure the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed because so they know you they're know already, the they already know, you know what's going on. Exactly. What I was trying to say before is that as an 18 or 19 year old refereeing U 23 is an adult. Sure. They needed to know that I knew the laws. And when I was doing the nitpicky little things that I don't deal with nowadays, they had to know that I knew those so that I could call so, the fouls right. during the matches. I mean, if you want to go, I remember when I was 19 years old, mm-hmm. I showed up to a U23 match. Okay. I was the center referee. This was 1994. None of my ARs showed up. <laughs> both teams, both teams wanted to play. All right. And I literally looked at the coach. I brought the coaches and the captains to the center of the circle. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. No ARs. <laughs> I will do it if it's, I hear a word about offsides. It's a, it, <laughs> now. It, I, I remember this game. <laughs> I remember this game because it was people that were referees that I worked with that brought, they were doing the games at the U19 level because they were sure. in their 20s. They were college students when I was 13 years old doing the ARs on those matches. Mm-hmm. So six years later, when I'm refereeing their adult match, (laughs) they're looking at me like, I mean, the ones that I knew from refereeing knew I knew what I was doing, but their teammates, their coach and their opponents didn't. So I basically had to say, okay, if you want to play this match, because you've got a bunch of 25 year olds here, 26 year olds to give up their Sunday afternoon, I'll do it. But you need to let me call the game. Yes, I'm going to be guessing on offsides because I have no AR. Well, and, and you and you've hit the nail <laughs> on the head, and I and I can recall they, even in the last in the last five years, I can recall doing a game similar to that where it was, and it was, was I think U13 or U14 boys, so it wasn't nearly to the level of challenge yeah. that you had. Yeah, my ARs were canceled on me, and. Mm-hmm. My assigner said, hey, you don't have to do this game. I'm like, I'm already assigned. I'm going to go out there and I'll do it. Yeah. I get there and she had canceled the airs or they didn't show up. I can't recall which happened. And Whichever. And, and it's irrelevant. And it's the same thing. I said, you want to play an offside trap? It's at your own peril. I will call as best I can. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get these all right. If you want to play an offside trap, good luck to you. Yeah, exactly. And, but. It's the same thing. If you emphasize what's going to happen prior to it, 
you're in better shape than you are than trying to make it up as you go, adjusting yeah. as you go on. Hey, if, if you set the expectations, and this is the same as a coach, as a parent or anything else, set the expectations and yeah. it, it'll, it, it'll work. But I understand dealing with coaches and players, mm-hmm. but trying to set that with parents is that is a box of worms, Pandora's box that you cannot open. You know, okay. with with parents, that uh, nowadays, mm-hmm. USSF, US soccer, that's on the coaches. So True. We, we have to set that expectation with the coach. Now, the now that game I was talking about, that that adult game when I was mm-hmm. 18. Now, the players, yeah, they would say something to me, but it was like no more, no different than they would say, "Oh, I didn't like that foul." when I would make that offside call because we set that expectation, like you said, set that expectation ahead of time. And I think in a, what is that? You, you know, under 30 game or whatever it was called. I had three cards in adult male game, three yellows, mm-hmm. you know, in the 1994, not a big issue. If you have, if you have a three card match back then, I, I you know, back in the, Back in the 90s, low-card matches were rare, if you remember correctly. True. You're 100. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but nowadays, if you can't really tell the parents what to think or what to say. You can communicate that with the coach. And if you have a coach that understands what they're supposed to be doing nowadays, they can, they've already, well, they've already set the, parameters before sure they set the parameters in the first 20 meetings they've had with their parents and i will talk about myself my first club game for my son he was a u9 Mm -hmm. and that was the first year of the build-out line oh yikes (laughs) yeah <laughs> so, our so tournament. hold on. Let, let me interrupt because I, I do have a question. With the was it just me, or was that first year of the build out line nothing short of a dumpster fire? Um, I wouldn't say it was a dumpster fire. It was a communication issue because when they could attack, I felt was different. In every game and every coach of when can they go inside? Okay, every and, and, and you and you're you talking as a referee or as a parent here. I'm talking as a referee. Okay, because I was like Charlie's way too young to have been the first few years no, of the no, film. I, I, there were as a referee, <laughs> as a referee, you want common sense to prevail. No, I understand. And, and but I I had some like the second the goalie touched the ball, they were in turn. There were others that no, were. No, let the next guy make the first touch. It was it was so haphazard. It was haphazard. No, it and was because honestly, as a referee, as a referee, we hadn't been taught properly. Well, and because the rule and wasn't interpreted properly, it was. Hmm. If you go back, the the writing is not much different from one year to the next. Okay. And now this was Alex's tournament his club's tournament okay 
And I was refereeing in this tournament. Mm -hmm. Now, I wasn't refereeing the small-sided. I was refereeing the 17s, 18s, 16s. And we had a referee, and we did not have ARs on this, which was different from nowadays. It was U9. Mm -hmm. That's actually not the worst thing. But Mm -hmm. now... I studied the rule because. Wait, 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 wait. I you studied stud- that. You, when have you ever studied as long as I've known you? Not much. Just referee. All right. I, <laughs> I've known you long enough to know you and study. Do not no, go. No, 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 no. You're right. Oh. When I think, no, college was not a good study time period. for All me. right. No, so. I literally studied the new rule because it was a law change that year. Sure. And. Now, I was basic as my first game as a club parent. Mm-hmm. And I had, the next morning, I had a 19 boys AR, a 18 boys center. A, you know, like, I was all set for the re- next morning. The, mm-hmm. I told them, no Friday night because my son plays at this time, and you're only going to get me for uh, three quarters of a game or whatever. You know, I'm not going to separate. Yeah. So I studied the laws and the changes. Now, our tournament, which I didn't read the tournament laws for those age groups because I was only refereeing 16, 18s, 19s, they changed, they made a local change mm-hmm. to the build out line in the tournament. Because <laughs> <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? So I, in the first 10 minutes of the match, Mm-hmm. I was on the referee's case as a parent. It was his first club games. Ugh. I was all, you know, excited for him, nervous for him. And after 10 minutes, the referee came over and told our sidelines, we got to stop. And I was like, crap, I'm that parent. <laughs> and Did, were, were you I, embarrassed? Yes, absolutely. Be- on belief. And I did not say another word about the referee the rest of the match. And you know my wife. Yeah, I do. You've you've known her. I've known her for a few years. Yeah. And uh, 22 years now. (laughs) And (laughs) Fuck, I'm old. Yeah, we are. And I literally stopped talking pretty much during the match other than, come on, Alex. You know, go, Alex. Go, Al, and there was go, two go team, yeah, go yeah. Team, and I, I literally went to that. Go, you know, pass the ball, you know, keep working, you know. And she looked at me at the end of the first half, and it's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and I'm like, and I said, I don't want to be that parent. And, I, and it's funny, is and she's like, okay, and she stopped. Sure. Now. There was other parents in our team that took to the end of that tournament to get to listen to watch me. Mm-hmm. They and they all knew what I was a referee, and they kind of watched me. And some of them never got all the way to that point, mm-hmm. but they did get to the point where yeah, they would yell, and then they would look over to me and be like, uh, "What about that?" You know, during the couple years we were there, and they would ask me, and I'm like, "No, he's got it," you know. And 
I actually literally at halftime of that first game, I looked at the tournament rules. One, to remind myself what I was dealing with the next morning. And two, to see what if they had changed anything. And they had changed the national rules to meet local standards. And that was where I was wrong. And I'll admit that. I was wrong. What I've known you for I've known you for twenty five years. This might be yeah, a I know, first, I know, by I the know, way. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just gonna put And you have it documented too on video. <laughs> I I really do, and this video will ultimately become audio because I don't do video podcasts, I just but do audio podcasts. So. Audio. I, I, I do get your point. So but I do want to ask you. Yes. Because we we've been talking forty eight minutes now, and I, I do have some questions I want to get to you because I think they're fun as hell. Okay. So when we started offsides, if you were even with your offsides, now even it's the off, opposite. Yes. And now it's opposite, unless you're in the Premier League, maybe. Um, <laughs> VAR in the Premier League, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Brits dealing with VIR is hilarious. <laughs> I still think they get it. I, I feel like they ultimately, they're trying to get it right. Well, they're using well, every okay, bit of okay, technology. Okay. Now, I will admit, they are beyond technically right within the letter of the law. Are they right in the spirit of the law? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let, let, now, now as, as I pointed out, I, 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 this is the one time I think in the entire time I've done the minivan and soccer pod, I actually silenced Chris with this. When you get into the details, it, they're taking the letter of the law instead of the spirit of the law. Chris said the same thing. <laughs> You start looking at gambling, spirit of the law becomes a lot bigger issue than if you say letter of the law, end of story. No, I understand. Silent Chris off of that alone. And it my point is okay if you but when okay. you're when you're talking that you're talking the Premier League. Yes. And you're talking about the amount of money that is gambled, when you're talking about trying to interpret spirit of the law instead of letter of the law, you can now the referees can become susceptible to where outside influence come to play. Where yes and no, and and that was the way I explained it. I'm like, my thought is the reason why they've become very, very yes and no, draw the lines, whether the lines are drawn correctly, that's subject to interpretation. The The line drawing is a different question. That's a different question. (laughs) Draw the lines as best you can, and that's how you interpret it. It takes any semblance of questionability out. In theory, in spirit, theory, yes, it's wrong. However, if you're, you're t- but when you're talking about gambling and gambling level of money, if it, if it becomes the referees become beyond reproach in that they drew the line, lines are what they are. I can't say yes or no. That's how it is. It takes that level of ability to bribe a referee out of play. I agree with that, but having like we'd had a discussion earlier with the jerseys. Sure. You know, that that's where the question is. They're always until they literally remove the referees from the field other than as a whistle to call to stop play. Okay. Then there needs to be some now this is a statement that I will rarely ever make is that there needs to be the human decision making. In and that, and most in that, 
But and most leagues have covered that. MLS has got that covered. MLS, Serie A. Honestly, MLS have, has the, the best VAR in the world. MLS sure. has the best VAR in the world. It's it, they go because they, they kind of patterned it after the NFL in the theory of because we in have theory, because as a United fear and not people in the United States looking, they have experience with it. But but then you look at MLB, which is a lot more of the yes no, but it's the well, clear and obvious. That that is almost a tech. That's almost like off. That's but ba- yeah, but baseball is a lot technical. technical. That's like is the ball in or out? Sure. That's not the same thing as offsides. In or out and offsides are two different things. No, offsides I, is a flow of play. Sure. In and out, is it cross the goal line in for a goal? That's black and white. Whereas offsides is, did that player gain an advantage from that? And, you know, but that's the, part of the law. I, I did agree. Did the player gain an advantage? Where, again, you're back. To, like I said, MLS and some of the other leagues use it. Look at it as is it clear and obvious? Yes. Versus the English look at it as yes Black or no. White. End of story. Yeah, which now, is where I think they're. Which is where I personally feel they are. I personally feel they are erring. Whereas MLS, I think, has it right. Where is it clear and obvious? Which is the spirit of the law. Which okay, is that guy got his foot. A yard, you know, a whole leg length, you know, a half a leg length past the guy. Yeah, then that's offside. Is his tip of his shoe past the guy's heel? You know, however, that- I'm I'm going to say the counter argument which I've made on the show before is the the idea that the referees need to adjust their game. To me, it's a simple fact of the players need to adjust theirs. If this is how they're going to call it, oh. it, it it's a little bit of both, but. If you as a player know that if you are a shoe length, a, a tip of a shoe beyond that player, you're going to get nailed. Start your run a half yard back. You can interpret that. And the, I, the advantage that you gain for that half step is irrelevant. The players, see, the referees, I, I, while I feel the, the Premier League will evolve eventually, yes. the players also need to understand this is how we're calling the game now. You're a hockey guy. Every year, the NHL puts these new rules in play, which they throw out for the playoffs. But yet, they, <laughs> but yet the holding, the grabbing during the no, regular season I, that they call tightly, the players kind of figure it out. And, and when, you the, when you get to the play when in, the, in the NHL, when you get to playoffs, the, it's not nearly what it was the year prior. I completely accept that, but I also think that the Premier League and the referees need to go with a little bit more than black and white in this Hi, case. They're, they're English. Oh, I really know. Oh, no, no. Chief, no. Stiff upper chin and all, you know, yes, exactly. <laughs> but my point being is that that's why I prefer the MLS model of clear and obvious. And, and I, I agree in terms of gameplay flow and all that stuff. The only, one thing I'd like to see that I – which I found in the A League and the W, the A League specifically in Australia, when those referees start talking with the booth, it's all mics. So you get to hear that conversation going oh, back and forth. I would love. I think that's something. Every, you want you want to make sure everybody understands what you're talking about. Oh God, no, Mike, no. Mike I those have, no, I have no problem with that because I am all about referee accountability. Also. 
especially at the professional and international level. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, there, you, you know, when you're dealing with youth referees, sure, and amateur referees, yeah, we're gonna mess up. We're gonna fuck up. Because guess what? We work in a cube, or we work at a store, or we work at an airport, and we're loading planes, and we love the game of soccer, and we're out there because we love it. So, I don't want you trying to get down and nitpick those people, but the uh, USL Championship, MLS... Every the pro, the, inter, the pro referee, every the, international the pro, match, every sure. international match, the Premier League, League One, Liga mm-hmm. X, Serie A, La Liga, Bundesliga. Yeah, those people, they need clarity, and they need sure. Um, what's the word? It's not clarity that I'm working looking for. The word uh, openness. What's the word I'm looking for? You know mm-hmm. what? I'm, uh, I. Yeah, I can't. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm. Du- I'm still. Yeah. Uh, so ref- consistent consistency. No, not consistency. So you understand what the referees are talking about? The openness. Um, Dialogue. Deals, no, it does, deals with government and polit- and policing and um, God, business. It's. Uh, I can't remember. Hmm. You know what I'm we'll, saying? We'll keep, we're we're gonna keep going. What the logic is behind things? Uh, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Those people need to be open to allowing that to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand the uh, mentality. The British have a certain mentality. And, you know, so they are going to probably be one of the last ones to get on board. But, you know, in the U.S., we can kind of see what they're doing as much as any other league. Now, I would like so- to hear the conversations. Yeah, you know, just because it would give an open. Now, I don't think we have to have during the match necessarily. No, no. If you go, no, no. With the A League, it is when they go to VAR. The conversation is between like the referee and the VAR booth. booth. They're talking about it's. It's kind of like when you watch college basketball. You can hear the discussion between the VAR referee. And what well, the replays they want to see. They be able to their own booth on themselves. In college sure. Basketball. But on college basketball, they go to the monitors up, up right next to it. But you can usually hear the conversation of, mm-hmm. what, I want to see this. Can you show me this? Mm-hmm. And it's talking about, it. hey, this is what I'm seeing. Are you seeing it? And it's, yes. it becomes yeah. dialogue. Give me, give me a and, minute. Then, and then when they when they finally make the decision, it's not a surprise. You, no, you've heard the you've heard conversation talking for two minutes and you're like, okay, this is, and I get it. That's on TV. So the crowd, the, in the stands don't understand. The crowds don't hear it. No. Yes. Cause otherwise they're never going to hear anything in their ear, whatever they're hearing on, but sure. you know, but the 99% of the rest of the world, 99.9% of the rest of the world hears it. And so, when those fans get home or look on their news feed, they're like, Oh, the referee, you know, they said this, you know, so, yeah. So, all right. Let me, let me, let me sum up this because we're on the pro game and I want to move past that. Does the rest of the world follow the English or does the English follow the rest of the world ultimately? What do you think? What, what's your opinion as to ultimately what happens? Or is it like the rest of FIFA and there's never going to be consistent? What I think. I don't know what's going to happen. 
I don't know which way they're going. What I hope is that they lean towards the MLS model. Sure. I, I, I don't know if I don't want to sound like I'm biased towards the U.S., but we do have what's considered the top standard for VAR right now. Sure. I want them to lean towards that and even push across the boundaries that MLS has right now. Okay. And I want, and I, I kind of want to take that because I wanted to jump into a quick conversation that I wanted to kind of have a little bit of fun with us. Okay. U.S. soccer, when they get into the qualifiers, when they get into CONCACAF level games, run into the same problem as Mexico does. The top referees in the Confederation are the United States and Mexico, so they can't do each other's games. Exactly. When you watch, and and I see it in CONCACAF, and actually I think I see it in the Champions League and so on and so forth. Oh, yeah. When when you get referees that are not, because the top, when you get to those levels, U.S. and Mexico usually have to be refereed by the top referees in the Confederation still, especially yeah. in qualifiers. So they wind up being Jamaican, Costa Rican, or Honduran. Is the refereeing standard, are the FIFA 1s and FIFA 2s at that level of the same quality that you would see in Mexico, in the United States, maybe Canada, and probably Canada as well? Do you, is that something noticeable from you as been a referee forever? When you see those top level games, like I said, the U.S., specifically the U.S. against Mexico, a confederation game and they have to use confederation referees, do they run into problems with that? Would you rather, do you feel, and I guess kind of the follow-up question, I'll, I'll throw them both out there. Do you feel an M, an MLS or an Liga MX referee could handle that game and still be as professional and do a better job of it? Kill any chance I have it. <laughs> any upgrade right You're here, 600 years old. You're I done know, anyway. Any upgrade. But, okay, so... I have worked with grade level grade ones and grade twos from foreign countries. Okay. In CONCACAF. Okay. At tournaments here in Arizona. Sure. They are no better than I am. Mm-hmm. And and that and, and that I was a like grade that... seven. I am a grade seven in the Arizona, in the United States, which is a grassroots referee. And, they are and... no better than I am. And that was the question. I will not say which country they were from. You don't need to. But I would, as personally, I would rather see the any U.S. match refereed by a Canadian or a Mexican referee than any other country in country. And 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 I I come back to that, and I've watched that before. And like I said, when the U.S. plays Mexico, it. They always say it can't be an American or a Mexican referee. And I'm sitting there looking at it going, you get an American or a Mexican referee, they do these professional leagues all the time. They're subject to that scrutiny. They understand the stakes. You get a referee who's done a Monterey Club America game, Tigres Club America game, he's already faced more pressure, as much pressure as he's going to face in a U.S.-Mexico game. Or you get no, to no, you get, it's not the same. It, I, it, will, I will I will disagree with putting a, a a U.S. or a Mexican referee on those the USA versus Mexico match. I I would prefer Canadian 
because they have MLS experience. Sure. But there is considered by the Mex- Mexico considers them biased to the U.S. because of MLS. So I really don't know what the answer is. I know, I know the answer. The answer is the answer is you reach across the pond and bring three I, over. No, no, no. Okay, within confederation. Sure, but okay. I believe I, be, I believe honestly, I would rather have an Argentinian or a Brazilian, sure, or an English or a French or a German or Spanish, Italian, or any of those brought into that match. But I believe and send I be- and send the U.S. or the Mexican or the Canadian over to Europe or Asia or Africa sure. or South America to do their qualifiers. Yes, personally, that's what I see. But if you're talking about like U23s and anything like that. I'm, ta- I'm, talking, I'm talking about anything in CONCACAF because I thought in CONCACAF they have to use Confederation referees. And that's where they run. The, that's why the U. But they I, actually have. For some reason, I thought there was some program because they were talking about a, I think he was from Egypt, the Egyptian referee. Correct. Refereeing I, I CONCACAF think... and then CONCACAF referees refereeing over in Africa. You know what? I, I still don't think African referees, and I, I know this is going to sound weird, but Asia, Africa, I don't think their club game has matched Europe or South America or Mexico and maybe not even MLS yet. Mm-hmm. I, I know MLS is still an outsider, but it's it's trending. Mm-hmm. You know, trending upward, yeah. Upward. Gotcha. Whereas their games are trending downward. Okay. I mean, according to the rankings... That's yeah, yeah. I I'm just going by that, but so I would much rather see a European or South American referee, well, yeah, the USA Mexico match, than anybody else in Concacaf. And, and personally, because no, no, that I agree. If you tra- if you can get neutrality, that 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 neutrality just dissipates any question now because when i've gone on a refereed matches Mm -hmm. and i've had experience with a team they've thought you can go out and literally they've thought you know this is going to suck for us i did did the second thing now to be fair the second you step on the field i think both teams see that well no 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 i i've done a national league match you're ser- wait, 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 wait. You seriously have stepped on a field and both teams don't look oh, we're screwed. No, because... When? I, I, <laughs> well, that's a completely different story. <laughs> but I did a, a Phoenix National Te- League team versus All a right. California National League team. Now, mm-hmm. I had refereed the Phoenix team locally. Sure. They knew who I was. The California coach, who has won U.S. Youth National Titles... Mm-hmm. And put, I think, four gr- women on the U.S. Women's National Team. Okay. And his team that day was missing six players for the U17 World Cup or the U19 World Cup mm-hmm. for Mexico and the United States. Okay. 
So he had six national team players missing from his game that day. Mm-hmm. And he came up to me and said, I hope I can get a fair match in Arizona today. Okay. Okay. So. Did you I have said, the heart to say, hey, I dude, said, I'm from the Midwest. I really could care less. You know, well, this was only like three years ago. So it was, I've been here. You still, you could still make that argument. That's how <laughs> no, you... I could make that argument, but I still lived here for 13 That's, years. At that yeah, point. yeah. So, so, and I turned to him, well, coach, my primary goal is player safety, but other after that, it's fair match. And he's like, okay. And his team won. And, okay. you know, not, not. Nothing, nothing close. And after the match, he comes up to me and goes, "That's the best match I've had in National League." Here, you know, I'm not saying the right, the same term, but I'm like, the point being was that teams go in with a psychological a bias view, a bias, yeah, a bias. So if you bring outside referees from like South America or Europe. You can eliminate. No, and and, and I and I do I agree with the premise of if you can get outsiders, but if you're looking for a referee, in my opinion, and this includes the Canadian, this includes the Canadian referees, unfortunately. If you want referees that can actually handle the level of hostility, yes, within a U U.S. and Mexico game. At the men's level, the qualifier yes. level, Gold yeah. Cup level, and you, can, you have to stay within the confederation. It frustrates me that they usually bring in a Jamaican Panama. What it, the ones that can handle yeah. it are the ones are the Mike Mark Geigers and his Mexican counterparts. In that yes. they have done level of game with that level of quality that. And that that level of professionalism. Oh yeah. I feel like you're if you have to stay with the Confederation, I don't believe you have to go to another country. I get it, the concept of well, he's gonna be by referees don't think that way. I oh, I, agree. I ever and I would think that bringing in somebody who, like I said, if you brought in somebody like a Mark Geiger or somebody who has done a game like I said, a Monterey uh, yes. um or Chivas America, America or Chivas Club America game. Whoever does those level of games, they're going to be fine. No, I have no problem with that. Now, I understand the point of CONCACAF and FIFA eliminating that. Yep. I, I understand it. I don't necessarily agree with it. No, no. But I understand the point, which is why I think we need to go with outside referees. Because honestly... There's only two leagues in North America that can match that level. United, yeah, USSF and then Liga MX. Yeah, I got MLS. You, MLS. Liga yeah. MX. All right. So, all right. Uh, now I'm gonna, we're going to move it in another direction because I, I do want to touch on this because you've been a referee for a long time. Yes. He's recently retired. U.S. Soccer's own Mark Geiger. Yes. Always controversial if you follow anything with Twitter with Mark Geiger. I feel like he's the Joe Buck of referees. Everybody hates him. He always he does the worst job ever. But yet in 2018 he was still getting World Cup 
games. He was the VAR on the third place game. Yeah. Technically, he's one of the consider. He's probably one of the top. He was one of the top fifteen referees in the world. Twenty, I say twenty. I don't know. What I, call no, whatever you, just, say just whatever. You, whatever. Just to be safe. Yes. Sure. He's a damn fine referee. Yes. And yet, MLS fans, stands, whatever, U.S. Soccer thought he was the worst thing ever. Explain from a referee's perspective, if you can, why you think that people outside of the who aren't referees would sit there and go, oh, my God, he's terrible. Where you as a referee sit there and go, no, not, not, no. What did Mark Geiger do as a refer as a referee that you sat there and said, now, I'm not saying there weren't days he was off. Oh, we'll yeah. touch on that later. There are not days <laughs> that he was wrong because no, no, no. Other than you, I don't know any referees that's perfect. Okay, never mind. You're oh, not right hell, either. Hell no. But what, <laughs> from, when you watched Mark Geiger from a referee's perspective, what did you see that you think that average fans necessarily didn't see? Game management. Okay. And there – okay, so when you're a referee, once you start stepping beyond the youth level, they talk about game management and critical – Match decisions. Okay. CMD. So, CMD occurs somewhere between five and six times a match. Mm-hmm. Those are send-offs, goals, decisions that call back goals, and decisions that lead to goals. Those are the fourth, you know, mm-hmm. fourth thing. Yeah. And when... Mark Geiger did international matches that I saw. He was spot on. I'll give you, he had some junkers in MLS. Because ever every has junkers and clunkers. And and we, and we ta- and before we started and but and we started talking about that before we recorded tonight. And this yeah. was early on and Referees are like players, and I don't know if players always understand that. Is yep. there are games you get to the first five minutes, you know you're just you're not off. you're you're, you're off. off. Everything you're, feels wrong. You're holding your your whistle feels wrong in your hand. Your cards feel wrong in your pockets. The way you're running feel doesn't feel right. You're you can't see your ARs the right way. The flags are wrong. You know. Just everything is off, but it all comes back to you as the referee. Sure. So he's had those matches. Now, when he's done international matches mm-hmm. that I've seen, I have not seen a clunker. I have questioned True. calls. Yeah. But if you don't question a call of a referee in a match as an observer, you're dead. You're pretty much sure an automaton not, just watching the match. You're not watch. You aren't. Wa- you're seeing the match. You're not watching the match. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Gotcha. You're seeing, not watching. You know, you don't have an opinion. Now, his matches at the international level that I've seen, I have never seen one that would be graded poorly. Okay. Now, in MLS. I can see some zeros because 
no, 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 no. You have to remember critical match decisions. If you get any of them wrong, it's a zero. The okay, one shot, you're wrong. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, if you miss those six calls in a match or whatever number it is, you get a zero. It in theory, you know, mm-hmm. that's my point. So I've seen MLS matches. Yeah, he's had those. I've never seen an international match where he had those. Do you, and and I'm not going to begin to get in the head of Mark Geiger, but I is said. it? I I, I want to feel like I, I guess I was going to sum it up of, but you've seen him do a lot more MLS games than international games, and that's yeah. probably why you've noticed those. But one thing I always saw with Geiger that always got seemed to frustrate the average fan of. He didn't use his cards unless he absolutely had to. He seemed to have game. You talked about it when we talked about Geiger, and this is I want to get to a bigger point with refereeing in general. Game management is key. Talking to players, players understanding where you're coming from, where you're going the entire time. You don't have to use cards as readily. If you're throwing a dozen cards in the game, chances are you've screwed up. As you will look back at the game as a referee and go. I made mistakes that led to some of that. I watched. I, I agree, from, but I, I also I, disagree. There, there, no, there are games that are going to mandate it, and those are, and those games no. are in and of themselves. And th- that's a different. No, no, I'm not talking about those single one-off games. Personally, I think. Are you card Are you card game, I think I the international game and the professional game are allowed too much leeway in some cases. Especially when it comes to behavior, not the fouls. Fouls, I think they're generally, you know, they're in that that 98, 99% range. You know, but behavior as a youth referee, as an Mm -hmm. amateur referee, I need those referees to step up and say no more. But that's coming from our level where because they let six players come around them and start hassle, you know, accosting them basically about a call. And or similar things like that, or the player that gets up after a clear foul and just goes off on the referee. Don't let that be part of the professional or international game. Because if you stop that at the international and professional level, it will it will filter down. No, now, I, that, that, is I, a pers- that is a personal pet peeve. Sure. Because as a youth and amateur referee and, you know. The the the, the taking a dive, looking for a call. Exactly. That, on, a youth, on a youth game, they're looking for a call. And as a parent, it drives me. My son is guilty. He's watched so much professional no. soccer. He goes to the ground looking <laughs> for too. a foul. And or, he stays on the ground. And I'm looking at him going, get up! <laughs> or, or they commit a foul. And they get up and look at us like, what did I do? <laughs> There's that too. <laughs> There's I that tripped too. the kid. You know. 
No, that, you know, that, that oh, okay. is my personal level of complaint at the international and professional level. Now, I have friends that I work with mm-hmm. nowadays that are part of pro. Okay. I have been there since they were, some of them were like 12 years old. Okay. Some of them I met when they were freshmen in college. And they've all passed you by like the rest of life. Yes, they have. (laughs) But I still work with them on other levels. Sure. And I still communicate with them. And I understand their perspective that they're refereeing for their level. Mm Mm-hmm. But as my personal complaint, I want them to step up and say, when the, the when the guy that comes from 20 yards to complain about a foul, don't even think about it. Turn and give him the yellow. Or the guy that comes from 15 yards to stand on top of the ball, turn and give him the yellow. But... These are guys that are dealing with Division One soccer. Sure. DA, like True Development Academy. I do DA development, mm-hmm. player development. So it's not the same level. No. They're doing USL championship. But, you know, I need, like, for me, I wish they would reach out and be like, no, we're going to stop this now. I'm going to be part of the solution. But the professional level and the DA level and the Division One level would be like, what in the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but you know, I because you know what that does is those ki- the kids see that. No, and and then they develop those habits as they see that. It now I know it's a different sport. It's like hockey with that hitting from behind stuff that we, that we've taken out of. You see the numbers, you don't make the hit, and that's pretty much almost gone away. When that sure. happens nowadays, that's like a fifty-two art, fifty-two different articles on yeah. hockey post. You know, like an NHL player that hits in the numbers. There's. 52 different art click places you could click about that. Well, you know, and, but, but then again, you look at, again, hockey, you look at youth hockey. Yes. They all have the stop signs on the back of their jerseys. Exactly. Now. They, the, they, they've decided to take a stop, put a stand and stop it. And I, and I see what you're saying. Like, and we were talking about it a little bit in the beginning. You see yeah. the youth players that emulate what they see with the professionals, especially oh, yeah. surrounding the referees where if you're doing a professional game, you get surrounded by 10 players. You almost start laughing. and going like, you think you're getting anywhere. Yeah, exactly. The youth players see it and And they think it's okay. Whereas that the adult, you're just going, you've learned, you've learned to ignore it. Well, youth players think it's okay. I've done when I do my junior college games. Sure. Or my national league games. And I get, four or five players complaining about something, right talking to me, they have a point, most likely. Well, if you're refereeing, I guarantee they have yeah, a point. Yeah, yeah, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> no, because I've called the foul already. Sure. You know, 
And they're trying to get more. They're working the game because they're at that level. But you get the youth mm-hmm. level and the amateur level. And then that's where the threat comes. Now, I don't feel threatened usually. No. But that 22-year-old kid, that 21-year-old kid, that teenage kid that's doing it, they feel threatened. And that's where we lose referees. Sure. And like I I don't, we mentioned that before in our discussion, Phoenix is down 400 referees this year. Mm -hmm. 400. I think that, I think the number is something like 30%. Yeah. And the parents want more games to play, right? They want games called better. Yeah. And you can't have that if you run off that 14, 15, 16-year-old high school kid, freshman in college, senior in college, just out of college kid. I know they're not kids anymore, but, you know. Relatively speaking. Relatively yes. speaking, they're young enough to be my wife and kids. kids so, yeah. <laughs> but, if you were to see them, you say, "Kid, get off my lawn." No, I don't. No, no, because you don't have I'm any. Not, lawns, I'm so not. I'm not Eastwood. <laughs> you don't have any lawn either. I've, I've no, seen either. We have rocks. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but my point being is that I don't want to run them off. Like true, the kids from our generation are gone mostly. Yeah. They've got. We've gone back to the adults that were parents, and they sure. those not to not to knock the guys that I know and the women that I know that came in as parents as sure. referees. They don't have that twenty plus years of experience, or in my case, in your case, thirty plus years. Thousands upon thousands of years. Ten thousand plus games. Yeah. No, I, I did the numbers last year. I'm over 10,000 games. I'm not close to that, but I'll take your word for no, it. No, you're but yeah. about the same. You're probably close to 10. I, no, I no, took... I'm, I'm crushing 20 but... in the games I've done. And you're pushing probably over 10. You're over 10 in 30-plus mm. years. Now, that experience level sure. and calmness that we can bring to a match is not the same that some guy, my friends, when oh, they were it's, 40. I was going to say, or think think back to when we were in our 20s. We yeah. didn't have the calm. We don't have, we didn't have the calmness then that we have now. No, but no, but the 20 year olds that I know that are like us. Sure. They're the ones that are in pro right now. The ones that were us when we were in our 20s are mm. doing, are part of pro right now. The ones okay. I know. Sure. So there's a whole different level of education and development that exists nowadays that did not exist 10 years ago, 15 years ago, let alone 30. But the 45-year-old, the guy that's the same age as us, you know, mm-hmm. 43, 45, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's got a kid that's like, oh, my kid's a U10 now. I'm going to go rest. Mm-hmm. And he ref started when he was 10, and he's got four years' experience now. 
five years experience. And most of his games are U9, U10, U11, maybe 14s, maybe 15s as an AR. Mm-hmm. That experience does not exist there. Sure. And that ability to stay calm. I mean, I don't, I mean, if you want to go back in history, we had a match, or I had a match, and you were the fourth. That was an AR. Yep. You, you were either AR or the fourth official on this match, where it was a 16 boys game, our fourth game on a Sunday, mm-hmm. 13th game of the weekend. Something like that. Or a, yeah. Yeah. I blew the whistle for the initial kickoff. Kid walked across the line and punched a kid. He was walking off the pitch before I had my red card off. His was teammates, it? His was team, it one of my bro? Was it one of my brothers? I no. I, I gotta ask. That sounds like something one of them would do. Involved in that, so. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know. I know. Willie. I know. Willie's gotten a red card and been walking Although off. Although he flipped off your really when he was moving yeah, down. That's a whole different yeah, story. <laughs> but this kid, I asked the teammates and his opponents. They had not played in four years. This team was a four-year grudge. No, he had no grudge. They had. They were sixteens. The last time they played were twelves or elevens. So why did he punch the dude? He was a 60-year-old male. <laughs> All right. There's and, like, that. The coach, you know, the coach apologizes at the halftime. His teammates are apologizing. The other opponents are like, what the hell is going on? You know, the, the 45-year-old that's just started referring again after his kids played doesn't, hasn't had an experience like that. Sure. You know, hasn't had, like you and I, doing high school in Minnesota where – we had a brawl between two Somali clans during their civil war. Mm, true. And we go do 9-11. That was Saturday. 9-11's on Wednesday. And the next Saturday, we're refing one of those teams again. And that against a different school. Mm-hmm. And that team that they fought on Wednesday, on Saturday before shows up to the match. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember that, yeah. And we had C-140, Hercules, planes flying overhead after 9-11 with no air, you know. And, you know, they haven't had matches like that. They haven't had a Serb United versus Croatian Eagles in the mid-90s during their Civil War. Where you're more worried about the parents fighting than the kids, actually. Exactly, yes. We had that growing up in the Midwest. You know. These parents don't have that experience. Yes, I'm glad they're out there refereeing because they can so, do some of the games that we would be doing otherwise. So you know, let, me, let me bring the, let me bring this they back. They don't have that experience. Let me bring you back into back into the world of rea- how do we keep those referees? How do we? How does U.S. Soccer keep those referees? Continue to bring in young referees. What is the one thing that, in your opinion? U.S. soccer, and, and if you don't want to answer, please don't. I mean, I, what, in your opinion, you've been around this a long time. What do you, what does U.S. soccer as a federation have to do? Because you, as much as you're bagging on the referee our age who's just starting out who doesn't have I'm that not experience. I'm bagging on him. I'm just saying he doesn't have that experience that you and I sure. have. 
or similar. But they are, but they are every bit as important to the. Oh yes. We're we're down that many referees. Oh yes. What's the one thing to do to keep them, and keep the 16, 17 year old kid who's being kid. Well, whatever. I mean, call whatever you want to call it, whatever age. Um, How do you? How? What is you? What is the one thing in your opinion? In the education of the grassroots referee that U.S. Soccer needs to do as they as they take over the program from the states. I mean, it used to be IW the Illinois Soccer did their own thing, Arizona Soccer did their own thing, Wisconsin Soccer did their own thing in terms of training the referees. Now that it's all fallen under one umbrella, what it, what in your opinion are the things that U.S. Soccer can do to keep the referees that are have and expand that program? As far as referees go, it needs to go back to, I think, a live class. When I got my first certification, I took eight weeks of class. Was it eight? Eight weeks. Okay. And then a final test. Sure. Now, now, I don't know if we can do eight weeks. No. But we can do a, a, a class session field session and mentoring for the referees now that's the referee side okay the real issue i don't know if i'm gonna let my kids ref i've been a referee 33 years yeah i don't know if i'm gonna let my kids out there well i've i've watched you referee i don't i wouldn't blame your kids for not wanting to get near it either but my kids like to plan things they want to budget things they want to make they want to start working my so alex turns 11 that turned 12 this year mm-hmm. to make money sure when's the first thing what's the first thing you can do to make money at really refereeing refereeing because paperboy doesn't exist anymore no okay so that's, that's a little video first. game huh yeah it was a paper a video game and a rapper yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at 13 he could start refereeing next year mm-hmm. i don't I'm going to let him right now. Why? Safety. Okay. I don't trust the parents. That starts, are the, that starts are, with the coaches are, are the, and the clubs. Are the parents wor- are their parents really worse now than they were when we started? Or is it yes just different? No. Yes and no. It's different. Okay. In the day when we were kids, when I was 12, they were, they complained, but they didn't know the game at all. They, they, they were, okay. they didn't know anything. They Fair bitched enough. and yelled and complained. They were ignorant. Yes, they are sure. ignorant of the laws. They didn't understand the game. Most likely the dad played football, basketball, or baseball. Or all of them. Yeah. yeah I or gotcha. all of them. Or wrestled or any, you know. Sure. The mom was maybe a cheerleader or a softball player or a volleyball player or a basketball player. Did not know crap about soccer but if their kid fell down they were going to yell about a foul exactly gotcha they yelled and they were loud and they were annoying now my dad coached my brother my first year refing Mm -hmm. i tossed him out of a tournament i've known your dad for a lot of years i don't that that makes perfect sense so well no actually nowadays it doesn't back then years ago yeah nowadays no (laughs) but um the point being is that nowadays, parents take things... They were just more about, oh, I don't understand it, back in the day. Sure. And they were just loud, and it was the 80s, and, you know, 
There was big hair, big mouths, and big clothes. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Nowadays, their boundaries have been crossed. Okay. I mean, I did not see a referee ever assaulted until 1996. My 10th year as a referee. Mm-hmm. I was at USA Cup in Minnesota. Yeah. And I saw a referee attack, an AR attacked by a whole sideline of parents. Took out his knee, broke, you know, just beat him. Yeah. yeah. It was bad. I'd never seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. First time a player touched me in any way other than like, hey, ref, come on. Oh, yeah. You know, the, yeah. You know, the, you know, the normal, hey, 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 you know, was this year, was this season. Um, things have changed. They're more okay. le- likely to cross a line nowadays. Mm-hmm. And they're more, so is it, and see, I guess as a parent, what I've noticed, and that, and even as a referee to an extent, they're more likely to cross the line, but it's fewer, I want to say, the loud, bl- the bluster on the sideline has gone is, down. Well, but yeah. when they but when they go when they go off, it's a lot worse than it used to be. It's it's not just it's not just it's not just complain complain It's not it's not just complain complain complain. Yeah. Game's over. All right, we're moving on. It's it continues. It becomes it's almost personal. Yes, it is. Okay, because they feel like their child has to be something. I think is what it is. They feel the they feel aggrieved, even though not understanding. You could care less about who really wins or, or loses. They're out, yeah, they're, they're out there yeah. for a safe, a safe game and doing the best you can. Yes, and they still feel aggrieved. Gotcha. Uh, there, a couple years, four or five years ago, I did a game up in Flay Staff at a tournament. Seventeen boys, mm-hmm. and I had twenty-three yellow cards in the match. Did you get writers? Did you get writers cramp writing this down on yes, in I your book? <laughs> now, the the insane thing was mm-hmm. eight of okay, so eight of the yellow cards were on coaches. How did you evade on a, on coaches? Because there's only a couple on the sideline. Three on one team and two on the other. All right, that's five. No, no, that's I means. That's how did you eight. finish? The, how do you finish the game? Because that's now red cards. Well, one of them was at. Two of them were after the match. All right, all right. <laughs> so and in, in now, hindsight, in hindsight, do you feel as a referee, when you get to that point as a referee, do you feel like part of it's back on you? It's like I should have no. done something earlier. Okay. No. Or is it? This, so is this just this that? Or that was, was this that just game. that game? Okay. It was that game. Now, right. of the fifteen cards given to players. Mm-hmm. 13 were for dissent or foul and abusive language. There was one tactical foul and one delaying the restart. There were no bad fouls in the match. It so, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate because yeah. I'm curious about this. As as I've evolved as a referee, mm-hmm. when th- when they come up and they use things like dissent. I look at them, I laugh, and I, I, I almost laugh. I, I don't laugh, but I, I'm kind of like. I understand what your point is, but most of it was profanity induced. 
And what age level? You said 17? 17 boys. Gotcha. Nope. <laughs> I gotcha. The profanity, the profanity, the way I always said was, if you are swearing at yourself. Nope, nope, no, and no. You're, I agree. And you're, and you're, this is the way I always said it. If you're swearing at yourself and it's not loud enough for a parent, your mom nope. or your dad at the side that can hear, I'm fine with that. No, no. If, when it goes to another player or it goes to me, yep. I'm going to have a problem. Okay, exactly. Gotcha. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the point of this, this game caught called eight minutes early after I cleared one whole sideline of fans. And after the match, I found out that the fans that I had cleared out had threatened the AR oh, to meet him in the parking lot. The police were called. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's where things are changing. It all started with the coaches. Sure. Here. The coaches it, on one team's coaches mm-hmm. had two yellow, one yellow card each. Yeah. The other team, all three coaches ended up with red cards for second yellow. Sure. So that's six of the that's the six and two. So that's eight. No, I, I gotcha. I, and, and the point being was there was a tactical foul and there was a delaying the restart. Yeah. Everything else, the fouls were all like, you know, garden garden right, variety, like garden variety fouls. Yeah, and everything started from the coaches and the parents. In this case, which got the players more riled, riled up. Which... And I guarantee you, if the parents and the coaches had had sensibility about the game, I'm guessing we had four cards, maybe five cards in that match, mm-hmm. because you take. You know, you have 23 to start with. You have the tactical foul and the delaying the restart. Okay, so that's two. And three yeah. more probably for dissent at some point. You know, or something else steps up at that point. Because the the other fouls that I maybe have given a card for, I did not give for because they were already sitting on the caution. Sure. And game management dictated if I send somebody off for this, it's going to get worse. It's going to yep. spiral even worse. So, How, which I want to kind of touch. I want. Sorry, I'm going to move you off of that. Oh, then I want to move on yeah. to another. Is when they're sitting on a caution. Yes. Are you more willing to give the benefit of the doubt? I, because you don't. Because you don't. Unless it. I mean, there are fouls where it's like. There's I no have fight. no choice. Yeah. It depends on but the match. It, it always okay. depends on the match. It depends on the player in the match. You know, if the player got a technical foul in the first half. If they got a, if they got a yellow for something chintzy at the first time, you're going to be less chintzy, likely to throw the technical. Technical. Sure. You know, technical foul, delaying the restart, you know, kicking the ball away, you know. I have to book you here. Please don't make me do it again. Please don't make me thing. do it again. Exactly. That's where you're going to get a little bit of latitude. Latitude. It, sure. it depends. You know, are, was their first foul for delaying the restart or a technical foul, and they're on their seventh foul now? Well, that's different. Yeah, I got you. Know, you. You're gotcha. like, and, but it was light. It was like literally like they just bumped into the guy to knock him off the ball. You're like, okay, that's seven fouls now, but like, I should, you know, you start thinking. Okay, that becomes uh, persistent infringement. Yeah. Or, 
you know, or they kind of push the guy when they're on a counter. You're like, ah. you know, it, it's a lot of depending on the game and the yeah. behavior. So. So, all right. We're almost, we're closing on two hours, which is a long ass show for me, but I, I'm having fun. I'm at, I, I kind of set this up when I started. We're going to talk as long as we want because I've known you forever and we're, because yeah. I really don't care yes. in that sense. What is I'm I gotta ask you because this is part of the fun of this. What is the dumbest red card or that you've ever given? What, what when you look back, you've been refereeing a long time. I know there's one you go, my God, this was the dumbest thing ever. What what is it? Um, I mean the first one that automatically jumps to mind is that Dakota Rev Duluth game I was talking about where the kid literally just walked the. <laughs> kickoff and you're like and, and so his team was playing 11 v 10 in the third match a fourth match <laughs> of the weekend you're like ah. you know i you know that's the first one that jumps to mind i know there's some other ones that are like you know that are like you're like why did you do that you know usually those are like the second yellow kind yeah second caution but that the straight red kind that's probably the dumbest straight red i've ever had i, I think for me I it think was literally me. kickoff like <laughs> less than 10 seconds into the match and his team's playing short for the rest of the match and he, I've got, it was no part of the play you're like i still to this day can't figure that one out i think for me the the two, the, I have two that come to mind. Uh, one was the yellow. Sorry, it was a yellow, but it, it it's worthy of a story. One is the game you. It was a game. Oh, was the Elm Grove tournament. Oh yeah. It was one of the cleanest, pe- easiest penalties you and you were the AR. I was the center on this game. Yeah. Ten minutes left, a one nothing game. Five, probably five minutes left. Fall. It's a it's it's a penalty. It was a foul in the penalty area. Yeah, this yeah, wasn't yeah. a gray area. Simple penalty. And the on the other half of the field decides to lose his mind over it. Now his team was trailing one nothing. We yeah. walk over and we're like, You have to settle down. And yeah. he just chose not to. Like coach. You it, I three or four warnings and finally you oh. have to leave. Yeah, and it's a tournament, so you show the red just to get them out and move yeah. them on. Yeah, this is far enough back where showing a red wasn't common, but in tournaments it was. Mm-hmm. And he decides he's going to persist. Okay, and, and it's like I can't restart until you are on the other side of the tree line on this field, tournament field. Didn't I'm not leaving. Five, didn't it take like five or six minutes to get him out right. of there? But the key, and the, his team is down it, already. Its it, it team is down one nothing. He's not leaving. He's not understanding that it's a tournament. We're not adding time. Yeah. And dude wouldn't leave. Now, yeah. He finally did. Yep. They, they scored the penalty. They lost two nothing. So it really became irrelevant in that yep. sense. But it was like he took away chance. And it's like understand your scenario, especially in a tournament. If you're going to oh, get yeah. run, you get get out quickly to help you. And then the other was it was a men's indoor game I was doing, okay. and a player. We gave a yellow card for this because it was too many players on the field. Mm-hmm. The dude stepped. The dude makes a pass 
steps off, and the one that steps on receives the ball and continues down the sideline and to set up a goal. Yeah. Think of it, an indoor game makes the pass basically to himself. But yeah. <laughs> when somebody else stepped on, it's like you have to book that, and they yeah. lost their mind. It's like he passed to, to himself to technically set up a goal scoring opportunity. Yeah. And those are the two that to me still stand out to this day. But um, you know, we could probably make another show of that, telling stories of dumb player decisions. My so, favorite, my favorite yellow though, was well, the uh, one, well, again one of my brothers. No, no, the same Elmbrook tournament. Sure. We were talking about, and I was centering, and you were AR, and the coach started cursing in German, and you're a German minor. I was. And then started cursing in Polish, and you're <laughs> Polish, and you knew all the things he was saying, <laughs> and <laughs> you. That was one of the funniest ones, I yeah, thought, that, because the coach thought he was going to get away with it, because that was Milwaukee Bavarians. It was. Yeah, yeah and, 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 and Elbrook. And the coach is like, and, and he started cursing in different languages, and you're like, uh, I'm fluent I, I both of them. I still understand you, dude. Yeah, yeah. We, we stopped this, so. Yeah, that was, that was hilarious. So, so, the referee community is a tight community, true or false? Generally, when you start, when you run into, when you run into a referee, there are yeah. always referee stories to be told. Oh yes. And, and I want to finish with this, and then we're gonna wrap wrap up. Okay. And, and this is a my story, so you can deal with it. it was so, I re- I was refereeing a, a state cup game in Minnesota. I was in the okay. middle. There was a foul. The AAR looks at me, points at his pocket. I walk over. He goes, "It's a yellow card foul." I go, "I ex- explain it." I wasn't going to give it. He said, no, it's a yellow card foul. So I okay. give the card. Yeah. Fast forward four months later. Mm-hmm. And I, my department at Wells Fargo yeah. gets this new employee, John, in. Yeah. And John and my, my manager goes, oh, yeah, John's a soccer referee. And I said, and I was too. And, of course, referees, like I said, referee, yeah. you put referees in the room, they're going to tell stories. Talk, start talking. And within the first half hour I meet, he's talking about this game he did yeah. with the referee at State Cup where he gave he was as an assistant told the referee to give a card. The referee didn't even question it, didn't even ask anything, went and gave the yeah. card without fail. Yeah. And we started talking about it and realized we had worked the Amen. same game and he was the one that told me to give the card. Yeah. And and six like four months later, somebody I work with. And then it turns out he was actually chief. He was um, aide de camp for Colin Powell when he was still Colonel Powell. So oh, yeah, yeah. that's how far back that. Yeah, but it's just the referee community is a small so community. Actually, if you ever get you know, referees, you know, together. you want you want another uh, six degrees of separation with that. Yeah, let's finish uh, up with the good one. Dad, friend. No, my dad probably met them in Vietnam because my dad met Colonel Powell in Vietnam. And I'm guessing Possibly, his aide-de-camp was there. Possibly. And John, and John, I think oh. John was, he worked with Colonel Powell a little later before he was general. But, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, so, anyway, we're 
approaching the two-hour mark. And if you're still listening, thank you for listening. We're at the, you know, but if you ever listen to referees, referees like to talk. So yeah. it's the Mini Van Dad Soccer Pod. It's at Mini Van Dad Pod. Michael can be found at Michael Bozzi. Michael or some unders- variation there. Michael underscore B O Z I L E on Twitter. And yeah, and if you're oh, gonna yeah. follow him on Twitter, you're gonna yeah, it's always entertaining. Um, I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, this is if people if a lot of people listen, it's great. If people don't listen to it, I really it, this has been fun for me because you're you're a friend of mine forever. Yes. There's gonna be a lot of inside humor to this, but I do appreciate you coming on and talking refereeing because okay. I feel like referees need need sometimes need an audience, so that's what we're here for. So I guess my final thought is. Um, if you're a soccer parent, soccer fan, whatever, trust that the referees know what they're doing. And if they don't, you'll figure that out soon enough. And if you're one of my brothers and you're still listening, get off Michael's ass unless he deserves it. Seriously. And on I that note, you're... I don't think they've seen me ref. I don't think they've seen me do anything sports related since Luke walked into Mariucci and said. Uh, but they, you were goalkeeper. You all right. referee. They Old pulled TV. you already because we were playing split <laughs> games in intramurals. Because <laughs> it was, I was playing the split games in intramurals. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Holy shit, they pulled you already. <laughs> so, Willie and Luke, if you're listening to any of this, if you see Michael as a referee when you head out to Phoenix next year, leave him alone. And I on that note, that you're turn. done. Oh. <laughs> I'm still doing high school.